Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I've been practicing law now in Michigan for 31 years. I've had this channel now for nine years. Uh, I speak to people almost every single day about consumer issues. And I decided to make a list, and it's the top things you need to remember when car shopping. These are not in order, and there are more than 10. So it's not in a top 10 list. I can't even clickbait it like that. But these are all things you should keep in mind when car shopping. And if everyone kept this stuff in mind, then the bulk of you would never get ripped off. But people don't keep this stuff in mind, and not everyone will see my video. So there you go. So again, in no particular order, but each just as important as the last. <laughs> Number one, as is means you're buying a car that could be a piece of garbage. As is means with all faults, and in most states in America, Used cars can and are sold as is. The vast majority of used cars in Michigan are sold as is. So it means you go to a used car lot, you buy a used car, you drive it off the lot, and the engine explodes three seconds after you get off the lot. That's your problem. You bought a car as is. And the buyer's guide, which is in the window of the vehicle or someplace in the car when you looked at the vehicle, says right on it, this vehicle is either being sold with a warranty or as is. That as is box is checked and you don't believe me, flip over and read the backside of all the things that could be wrong with that car. It'll say things like cracked engine blocks, blown head gaskets, bad transmissions, bad drive. It literally lists all the stuff that could be bad in an as-is car. Now, there are a few states out there that don't allow as-is sales, and you would know that by looking at that buyer's guide in the window of a used car because it would either say being sold with a warranty or as-is or with a warranty or sold, and then there's the exception, which they have in, like I said, just two or three states. So remember what as is means and shop accordingly. Number two, CPO, certified pre-owned cars, are not new cars, they are used cars. And they come with all the same protections as used cars. In fact, most CPO cars in Michigan are sold as is. You might say, but Steve, I saw a thing that said they did a 275-point checklist. Yeah, and read further, it says this is not a warranty. This is what they did to get it CPO. That's between them and the manufacturer, the dealer and the manufacturer, okay? So if you bought a CPO car and it turns out to be a piece of junk, yeah, you've got a warranty on it probably from the manufacturer. It's been extended a little length of time. But in reality, you bought it as is, but with a manufacturer's warranty. So it's possible to buy a car as is from the dealership that comes with a warranty from somebody else. But the important thing there is, that your remedy is the warranty. You, you can't go in and say, well, I want to make the single lemon law claim because it's CPO. Well, CPO is used and lemon law doesn't cover used cars. So remember, CPO is used, not new, and the CPO itself is not a guarantee. Number three on my list, and again, no particular order other than just to keep these things from being too confusing, test drive the car. Whether it's new or used, I've met too many people who bought brand new cars they didn't test drive. They test drove one. They go, I like this, but I don't like the color. What else you got? I got one over here that's in uh, Estate Green. Oh, I'll buy that one. And they sit down, they sign paperwork. Buy a brand new car. They drive it off the lot. The thing's driving sideways. How'd that happen? I don't know. If you'd test driven it, you would have not bought it, right? You would have figured that out. So test drive any car you're going to buy, whether new or used. It's more important on a used car, but it is important on a new car. And by the way, I, I just realized i got to add this. If you test drive a car that's got a problem 
and they say, oh, buy it and we'll fix it, stop them and go, fix it, and I'll consider buying it. Why would you buy an unfixed car? I've spoken to hundreds of people who told me that. They said they'd fix it if I bought the car. <laughs> They're not doing you a favor. They're doing themselves a favor. Why, why wouldn't you insist it be fixed before you buy it? Number four, have it inspected if it's a used car, and I mean by a mechanic. I've met people who bought a car they didn't test drive, they didn't have inspected, they never looked underneath themselves, they never popped a hood. They walked over, walked around it. They said, oh, okay, I'll buy it. And they say, well, I, I test drove it. You said that was a big thing. Yeah, but inspecting it's important on a used car. Okay, a brand new car, I wouldn't say you have to have inspected by a mechanic. I'd still climb around and look underneath it and look under the hood and pop the trunk and so on. But it's not as important to inspect a brand new car because it comes with the warranties and all that stuff. But among other things, look at the car in daylight. I've spoken to people, more than one, who said, I bought this car, took it home. The next morning I walked up and I noticed all these problems with the paint. I say, well, that stuff happened overnight. That's weird. No, no, no. Um, I bought it the night before, and it was dark out. It was in the dark corner of the lot. And I didn't look at it in daylight until this morning when I spotted all the problems in the paint. So inspect the vehicle. But if you really want to do what I'm saying here, have a mechanic inspect the vehicle. And I, I know a lot of people say, Steve, I don't want to waste the money. But I, I know a lot of people I've spoken to who've said, I bought this car took it home, took it to my mechanic, who then said, this thing's a piece of junk. It's going to kill you. Well, if you'd done the order of operations the other way and looked at the car, had your mechanic inspect it, and then considered buying it, you wouldn't be in the situation, would you? So for all the people, at the very least, who take these cars to mechanics after they buy them, take it to your mechanic before you buy it. So have the vehicle inspected. Number five, do not, do not, never, ever, ever shop alone. I don't care who you are or what negotiating skills you think you have. You're always better off shopping with somebody, and I hate to say this, but it goes even more so for women. A woman walking onto a used car lot in the evening will be treated very differently than a woman who's shopping with somebody. It doesn't have to be a man, by the way. It can just be another person. There's something about the dynamics of a car dealership and how they deal with one shopper versus two people, one of whom is shopping. I've gone shopping with people. I've had people say, Steve, can you go shopping with me? Yes, I enjoy it. I think it's funny. <laughs> I, I've never been recognized as far as I know, but I love to just stand back and listen to what the salesman's shoveling because it's amazing. And then I realize if I wasn't there, it would be even worse. The stories I hear about people who go shopping alone, the crazy stuff that happens, and then later on, the salespeople go, that never happened. And the person who shopped alone hasn't got any witnesses. So if nothing else, bringing somebody with you puts another witness at the scene of what's going to happen. Number six, remember, if it's not in writing, it didn't happen. Okay. If it is in writing, it happened. And in fact, if you have something in writing and you sign it, then it's presumed that you read it, understood it, and agreed to it. So keep in mind that all of the talking you do with the salesperson before you sit down and sign documents is pretty much meaningless. Because 
almost every purchase agreement I've ever seen, and I believe it's actually true universally that it is every one I've ever seen, has a clause in there that says, if it's not in writing on this document, it's not binding. And they'll often say salespeople's statements are not binding on the dealer unless reduced to writing here. Okay, so if it's not in writing, it doesn't count. So when the guy or gal is talking away, you can just pretty much ignore what they're saying because it's meaningless. Okay, so again, if it's not in writing, assume it's not true or at least it's not actionable. You could not go to court and say this person told me something because they're going to go, Your Honor, we got a purchase agreement right here. Says that is not possible, let alone actionable. Number seven goes along with that. Get it in writing. Anything they tell you that's important to the transaction, make sure it's written down. So this is especially true with things like due bills or we owes. Depends what they call them. But I've seen it before where you're buying a car and let's say, for example, it's missing a spare tire. And the guy goes, buy it, we'll throw in a spare tire. Number one, going back to my earlier advice, you should say, no, throw in the spare tire and I'll consider buying it. But a spare tire, you go, you know, the guy's probably not lying about that, right? Well, get it in writing. And they've got a document that says we owe or do bill that they'll write right on it that says, you know, when you consummate this transaction, we will provide you a spare tire or whatever, okay? And I'll admit once in my life, I bought a vehicle and they gave me a due bill for something that they owed me that came along with the transaction. Very, very minor. And at the time I thought, well, I've got it in writing. I'm good. And I, I was covered. But it's got to be in writing. So if the salesperson tells you anything that seems important to the transaction, make them put it in writing. So if the salesman says to you, if this car gives you any trouble, you bring it back here. And I personally will see to it that they fix the car. I've had people tell me that they were told it by a salesperson. Say, really? Will you put that in writing? Oh, no, no, no. I can't put that in writing. So I tell people the get it in writing is a poor man's lie detector. Because when you ask them to put it in writing and they refuse, you realize, oh, it's not true, is it? And by the way, it's always a fun thing to do to somebody who's just shoveling the BS your way to get them to stop by going, oh, will you put that in writing? No. Okay. Will you put that in writing? No. Oh, okay. Why do you keep saying things you can't put in writing? Just curious. Number eight, read everything. Read everything before you sign it. You know that at the signing where you're closing on the transaction, there's a vortex of paper that they just start throwing at you. A finance person comes out and the, the people trying to sell you all kinds of stuff. Read everything. So if the guy goes to sign this, sign this, sign it. Slow down, dude. I got to read this stuff. And the number of times that people tell me, I never signed such a document. And we're involved in litigation. The other side produces a document. It's got a signature on it. Is that your signature? Yeah. Then you obviously did sign this. You know, I, I don't know how I, I missed that. And I don't think these people are lying to me when that happens. I think that they honestly forgot because they signed, you know, 23 different documents in four minutes. And so you're not racing anybody. Read the stuff. And if they start pushing you, say, excuse me, I'm really sorry, but these are legally binding documents, correct? I think I need to read them and understand them before I sign them. Because as I mentioned earlier, the courts in most states will say, if you signed it, we have the right to assume that you read it, you understood, and you agreed to what it said. And so that means that you need to look at it. And by the way, this ties in with number nine, everything is negotiable. But also look at every single thing, especially on documents involving numbers. 
So in Michigan, there's going to be a purchase agreement and an RD-108, an application for Michigan title, which has a stack or a column of numbers that all adds up to some big number at the bottom. And if you finance the deal, there's going to be a similar kind of document that has those rows of boxes across top in the Truth and Lending Act. And that'll show you what the loan's going to cost you, what the interest rate is, what the down payment is, what the payments are, and so on. Read those, because you'd be surprised how often you can negotiate something with a salesperson and they can walk into the back to discuss this with their manager, and the numbers changed. And you say, wait, I thought we agreed on this. Oh, we did. Yeah, let me go fix that. Uh, they never make mistakes in your favor, almost never. But they uh, quite often make them in their favor. So you got to read everything before you sign it. Ask yourself, what is this? Ask them, what is this? Ask the person who came with you to read it. I've been at a dealership before with a friend buying a car and they're reading something and they look at me and they go, what's that? And I look at it and I start explaining it. And you should see how disappointed the salesperson gets when they realize that they didn't ask the salesperson, they asked me. (laughs) Number nine also includes to look for the add-ons and extras because there's going to be a bunch of stuff over there, including documentation fees, which are negotiable. A lot of those are just made-up numbers. They just tack on a couple extra hundred bucks. It's just free money. So when you look at something, there's a stack of numbers and there's a documentation fee in there. You can ask, what's that? You mean for someone to hit print on an automated form, you charge a couple hundred bucks for that? That doesn't seem right. So remember, you can always try to negotiate that stuff. I'm not saying you necessarily will be able to, but you can try. Number 10 is the George Costanza rule, and this is absolutely true. Be prepared to walk. You go to a car dealership, you're looking at a car. You're not sure about the car. They're leaning on you hard. You want to buy this car. And you're like, I don't know if I want to buy this car. You haven't had it inspected. You test drove it. You're not too crazy about it. And you got you to gotta tell yourself, well, you know something? I'm going to go home and think about this. Or the salesperson does something you don't like. Walk. And I have so many people who tell me that they've been negotiating And they feel bad doing that. And you have to understand, they're applying all kinds of mental pressure on you to get you to stay and buy something. You shouldn't feel bad standing up and walking out. And I'm not saying to be rude about it, but I'm saying if they, you know, the guy goes, look, I I can get you in this car 500 bucks down. You say, okay. You spend an hour and a guy comes back and goes, bad news. My my finance person says it's got to be 1,000. Get up and start walking. And watch how fast the guy says, I'm sorry, let me go back and talk to him again. I bet I can get him down to 500 bucks. So be prepared to get up and walk out. And understand that to keep you from walking out, they're going to make all kinds of statements to you, some of which will be nonsense, such as this is the last car like this in the tri-county area in this color, especially with a new car. They'll say things like that. Oh, no, 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 no. If If you want that car, if you don't buy it today, it'll be gone tomorrow. Oh, that's a risk I'll take. You know something? Car companies are building cars as fast as they can. And I'm in southeastern Michigan, for instance. So the car companies are, are many of them are headquartered near my office. Okay. So when they say, oh, by the way, this is the last one in the tri-county area of this color. <laughs> go, really? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down the street to another dealer, have them run an inventory search, see if they can find one outside of the tri-county area and see how much it costs to have a dealer traded in. You'd be amazed at how fast they're going to say, oh, oh, I'm sorry, there's actually more than one. Let's talk about that $500 down payment one more time. So understand 
that there are other cars out there and be prepared to walk. It's a joke from a, a Seinfeld episode and George is adamant about it and so am I. That that is the biggest thing you've got to negotiate with besides just sticking your guns on certain points. But be prepared to get up and walk out because that's the one thing you can hang over their heads is you can get up and walk out. I got to throw in a couple more things here, although we've just passed 10 on the list. One of which is there is no three-day rule to return a car. And now I'm going to get some pushback because people say, Steve, in California, they've got a two-day rule that you can pay for. Yeah, it's different. You don't get it automatically. It costs you money, and it's only two days. A lot of people mistakenly think they've got three days to cancel any contract they sign for whatever reason. They can just cancel it. That's not true. There are some situations where you can cancel some contracts within three days under certain circumstances, and it almost never applies to cars. And yet I get these panicked phone calls over the weekend at my office where people call my office and they leave a message on a Saturday. And they say, Steve, I just bought a car. I, I, I've got to figure out, does Saturday and Sunday count towards the three-day rule? And I call them back on Monday and go, the three-day rule doesn't apply to cars. And like, Wait, so this car I bought on Friday I'm stuck with? Probably, let me guess, you bought it as is? So that's one thing you need to remember. And the other thing you need to remember is that, and again, this is now, I'm at the bottom of the list, is that the lemon laws, generally speaking, with respect to the cases where you can say this car is a lemon, boom, I want you to buy it back. Those laws in most states do not apply to non-automobiles. They don't cover RVs, boats, bikes, ATVs, motorcycles, and so on. They don't cover those things. But of course, this is what to remember when you go car shopping. <laughs> but a lot of people get to the end of the list and go, okay, but do all these things also apply to motorcycles? Well, yeah, it would apply to motorcycle shopping. But keep in mind that the lemon law does not cover it. But for instance, if you're shopping for a used motorcycle, well, you're probably buying it as is. Is it certified pre-owned? I don't know if they do that for bikes, but if they do, it's used. Uh, you should test drive it. You should have it inspected. You should not be shopping alone. Uh, you should understand if it's in writing, it means something. If they won't put it in writing, it's meaningless. Uh, read everything before you sign it. Uh, remember that everything is negotiable and look at all the add-ons and extras. So all of those things would apply. They'd all apply, but at the very, very bottom, it's just the lemon law itself does not apply. And I have handled cases on behalf of people who bought brand new defective motorcycles and boats and so on. Um, I don't do so much of that anymore. But the law that covers those is the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act, but it's simply not as clear cut as the lemon law. So those are the top things to remember when car shopping, okay? And if people took this to heed and followed these instructions... It would literally eliminate about 95 to 99% of the phone calls I get, except for the ones that are about straight up lemon law claims. Okay, so a lot of people call me and say, Steve, I bought a brand new car. It's been in the shop four times. First year I've owned it. I think it's a lemon. Okay, wouldn't eliminate those phone calls. And I don't want to eliminate those phone calls because that's what I do for a living. But it would eliminate all the phone calls I get about, Steve, I bought a CPO car three days ago and the engine blew up. I don't know how it's possible. Steve, I bought an as-is car, but the guy told me they would take care of me. Uh, I bought a car, and I think I paid too much for it. I was shopping alone. I bought a car, took it to my mechanic. My mechanic says I shouldn't have bought the car because once he had it up in the rack, he could see that it had bad this, bad that, whatever it is. So all of these things would have been eliminated if people took this stuff to heart. So those are the things to remember when car shopping. Tell your friends about this video. Bookmark it. Send them the links. They will appreciate it if they take it to heart. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye.
Thank you for watching Leto's Law. Have enough sense to know ahead of time when your skills will not extend to wallpapering.